Hi there, I'm Sue Elvis from the blog Stories of an Unschooling Family. Welcome to my podcast. This is episode 64. And today I want to talk about unschoolers who want to go to school. Why would they want to do that? Also, living in the moment. And I'd like to talk about running and zombies. Last week I was talking about iTunes reviews. I've been podcasting for more than a year and a half now. And last week I mentioned the fact that I hadn't got a single iTunes review in all that time. And how I would really appreciate it if anybody who found my podcast helpful would stop by and write a few words. Spread the word about unschooling. Well, in the week, I discovered four iTunes reviews. Now, I don't know if those iTunes reviews have been there all the time or whether people have written them in the last week. I got a bit confused. When I go to iTunes, I see the Australian iTunes page. And I didn't realize that if somebody in America writes a review, I don't see it on my page. I have to go to iTunes US. And the same thing with iTunes Great Britain. I don't see any of those reviews on my Australian page either. So yes, as I was saying, I found four reviews, four wonderful reviews. And I just like to thank the people who wrote them, Vid, AK, Lucinda, and San. I really do appreciate your kind and encouraging words. And they weren't just short reviews, they were quite detailed ones. I, I do appreciate the time and effort that went into writing them. It's really, it was really lovely to get those iTunes reviews. Not because I need thanks. I don't sit here hoping that people are going to come along and say thank you for what you're doing. Though a lot of kind people have done that. And I'm very grateful for their kind words. There are two other reasons why reviews are useful. One is that it gives me some feedback about what I'm doing. Are my podcasts helpful to other people or should I be doing something completely different? And the other thing is, if they are helpful, reviews on iTunes does spread the word about unschooling. More people might hear about unschooling if there are reviews to read. So on to this episode. I'm going to start off by telling you about our latest music video shoot. I know I've talked about these before, but there was a couple of things different about our most recent music video shoot that I'd like to share with you. Now, last Friday, we went to our local nature reserve. We all got up very early, and actually, we got down to the nature reserve before sunrise. It was completely pitch black when we got there. When we got out of the car, I couldn't record my usual bit of video, the bit I say, hey girls, what are we doing today? And they usually say, well, we're down at the nature reserve and we're recording such and such a song. No, it was too dark. I tried to take a couple of photos and all I got was black photos. I said to Sophie, what's wrong with my camera? And she said, mom, you haven't got enough light. There's not enough contrast. So we had to wait for the sun to come up before we could start taking photos and start recording. But that was okay. We had our equipment to set up. And this time, the location we chose was on the banks of the river. Now, Imogen had recorded the song Hallelujah, the Leonard Cohen song. 
as usual, she had it on her iPod. And as usual, Gemma Rose was in charge of that iPod. She had to play the song at the right time so that Imogen could sing along with it so that she could get her lips synced with the video. Sophie set up all our cameras. And as soon as it got light enough, Charlotte started filming the behind the scenes. Well, we're almost set up when a man came along out of the semi-darkness and we certainly didn't expect to see him. We thought we would be the only people there at that time of day. I think by this time it was about 10 to 7. And on our other two visits to the nature reserve, we hadn't seen anybody until well after 7.30. Anyway, I think he was more surprised than we were. What were four girls and a mother doing on the banks of, of the river at that time of morning? I think he thought we were going to take some photos of the sunrise. That's why he was there. He had his camera with him. But our cameras weren't pointed towards the sunrise. They were pointed in the totally opposite direction. Anyway, we chatted a bit about cameras and how beautiful the sunrise was. And then he walked along the bank a little way to take his photos of the rising sun. And it was really beautiful. Lots of oranges in the sky. And we continued setting up our cameras for the video shoot. When we were ready, Gemma Rose played the music for Imogen and Imogen started singing. And of course, the sound of her voice carried down the river and the photographer a little way off must have heard her singing. I think that he was probably very, very surprised. I said to Imogen later, was it off-putting having an audience while she was recording? And she said once she started singing, she didn't think about the man. She just got on with the job of singing, got involved with the song. But I kept looking to one side to see if he was coming our way. And he did eventually come our way. We usually record the song a few times. And in between recordings, the man did reappear. He wanted to know what we were doing. Because obviously we weren't just taking photos of the rising sun. So we told him about Imogen's YouTube channel and how she is hoping to become a successful online musician. He wanted to know if we were all friends and I said, no, I'm the mother and these are all my daughters, which was a further surprise to him for some reason. I don't know if he thought that sisters can't work together. But anyway, he made us smile by his reaction. And we now know that if we have an audience while we're recording music videos, it doesn't matter in the slightest. Imogen's just going to keep on singing and we'll just keep on recording. Now I had a lovely moment while I was listening to Imogen singing Hallelujah. I stood on the banks of the river watching the sun rising, looking at the water gently rippling down the river, listening to those beautiful words, that my daughter was singing, and I just felt so full of joy. I said to the girls later, is there anything better than standing on the banks of a river, watching the sun rise and listening to Hallelujah? Because at that very moment, I couldn't imagine anything better. Now, I've had times in my life where I have felt the world has been a very black place. I felt on the point of despair, there was a time when I thought I'd never, ever be happy again. So moments like that, that moment full of joy, it was just wonderful. Sometimes we do have very difficult times. and We might think that things will never improve. No, we'll never be happy again. But they will. Joy does return to our lives. There's always hope. And I experienced that the other day. 
a very special moment, one I'm very thankful for. After we finished filming Imogen's video, we had our usual breakfast. We brought along a picnic breakfast, we found a picnic table, unpacked all our food, and we had a feast. And as we ate, I filmed a post-video shoot interview. I've done this a couple of times before. It's always interesting to hear what the girls think of what they filmed, how the shoot went. We had a really fun conversation. We talked about that man who'd walked into our video shoot unexpectedly. We also talked about the various roles the girls have when we're filming a video. It made me think, what is my role? Originally, I thought I might be involved in the actual recording with the cameras. But Sophie doesn't seem to need my help. She has so much more knowledge than me about making videos, even though I started out knowing much more than her. Now she doesn't really need me. I just stand back and let her set up the cameras, and I just keep out of the way. I don't think I'm needed. It's a wonderful feeling to stand and watch children working with confidence and with knowledge that they're very skilled, they have lots of talents, and they just get on and do things. Children do amazing things. So what's my role? My role is to come along, stand back, keep out of the way, and enjoy. I guess I also do the video interviews afterwards. And of course, I do a lot of the publicity, telling people about Imogen's music videos, asking people if they'd like to go and have a look, maybe support her. So that's what I'm going to do right now. I'm going to invite you to go along to Imogen's YouTube channel, Imogen Elvis, and watch her latest video, Hallelujah. And if you'd like to see the post-video shoot interview, that's on my own channel, Sue Elvis. I think Imogen would be really encouraged if you subscribe to her channel. If you're on YouTube and do subscribe to various channels, I hope that you will include her channel in your list of subscriptions because it would be very, very encouraging. Yep, you'd be encouraging an up-and-coming, unschooling online musician. Now, you might have guessed that we had a wonderful time on Friday morning while we were recording this music video. On our way home, we decided that we wouldn't go straight home. We would stop by the charity shop, Vinnie's, and have a look around and see if we could find some props or some jewelry, some clothes, maybe some hats that Imogen could use in future music videos. You never know, going to a charity shop you can pick up all sorts of treasures. So Imogen drove past Vinnie's and parked in the car park and we waited in the car until we were sure that Vinnie's was open. And while we were waiting, because it was still fairly early in the morning by this time, I think it was about 10 to 9, quarter to 9, that sort of time. We'd been up for hours. I think I got out of bed at 5 o'clock that morning. And already it seemed quite late in the day to us because we'd already done so much. But actually it was only still very early. People were still on their way to school and still on their way to work. And while we were sitting in the car park, we talked about this. We said how lucky we are that we weren't on our way to school or on our way to work, that we had just spent our morning at a local nature reserve making a music video. How many people can do that? A lot of people don't have any choice. 
or maybe they don't know they have any choices. But one way or the other, it's us who's living this wonderful life. I asked the girls if they were grateful for that, or would they like to live another type of life? And they said, oh no, mum, we have a wonderful life. We couldn't imagine doing anything else than what we're doing. We're very grateful. And then I mentioned that I'd read online about some unschoolers, especially teenage unschoolers, who don't want to unschool. They'd rather go to school. My girls were horrified. Who would choose to go to school when they can live a life like ours? Have that freedom to do whatever we like, all the fun things. Our passions have taken us to places that we never imagined. Why would someone want to give all that up and go to school? Now, one reason we came up with is that some unschooling teenagers may feel they don't see enough people. They don't have a big enough social life. Maybe they think that by going to school, they'll be making lots of friends. And the second reason we came up with is that some unschooling teenagers might not think that they're learning enough. They might turn around and say to their parents, hey, I'm not learning anything at home here. I need to go to school. And maybe their parents also think they're not learning enough. Maybe they're worried that they're going to jeopardize their children's lives by unschooling them. So could it be that the children are picking up on this? Well, we started talking about it, my daughters and I, in the car, sitting outside Vinnie's. And all of a sudden I said, we should record this conversation, make an interview of it. So I grabbed my camera, turned around and recorded it. It's not a perfect video because our car's pretty small and it was hard to see all the girls all at once, but we did our best. And later on, when I listened and watched the video, I could see the video itself isn't perfect, apart from the technical side of it. The words we said weren't perfect. I don't think we covered the topic properly. I think we left a lot of things out. But I think that's the way impromptu conversations go. Unless we start scripting them, we're not going to say everything perfectly. We say what we think at the time, which is close, but not always the exact thing that we want to say. Yes, we leave things out. Looking back, we might think, I didn't express that properly. I didn't use the right words. I forgot to mention this. I forgot to mention that. It's very dissatisfying when that happens. And sometimes I think, oh, look, I'm not going to post this video because it's not the complete picture. And I haven't posted that video yet, but I think I might do because I think there is something valuable about the video, and that is the feelings, that joy and love of unschooling. Here we are living this life together, doing amazing things. Aren't we so very fortunate? I think that comes across in the video. I suppose making videos and interviewing children is a bit like podcasting. I don't always say exactly what I want to say in my podcast. When I listen to them later on, I think, well, I could have said that better. I left out this point. I should have mentioned that. Sometimes I even wonder if I should re-record them. But unless I script my podcast, write out every single word I want to say, I guess they're never going to be perfect. But I hope that there is one thing that is true about my podcast, and that's the feelings. I hope that when you listen to my podcast, even if the facts aren't always expressed properly, 
that you will pick up on the joy and love that we experience as unschoolers. And I'd like everybody to feel that joy and love. I guess that's the reason I keep podcasting, even though I am very aware that my episodes are far from perfect. I want to tell you about another video now. We seem to have made a lot of videos last week. I guess it goes in runs. Sometimes we make nothing, and then another week we make loads of them. And so last week was a video making week. The video I want to talk about now is one that I made with Sophie, my 14 year old. I was thinking about the interview that we made in the car park and how we'd left so much out. And I decided that perhaps we could give it another go. I would interview Sophie and ask her some specific questions about self-directed learning and unschooling teenagers who want to go to school. Of course, we're not unschooling teenagers who want to go to school, so our thoughts might not be right. We're just pondering ideas. I guess we should find some unschooling teenagers who want to go to school to interview them to find out exactly why, but we were just pondering a few ideas why children would want to go down that pathway. One of the ideas Sophie came up with is that Maybe unschooling teenagers compare what they know to what kids at school know, and maybe they find themselves lacking. Sophie says there are many things school kids know that she doesn't know, but that doesn't worry her at all, because there are so many things that she knows about which school kids don't know about. It just depends on what you value. Do we value the knowledge that school kids have to know? Or do we value following our passions and interests? And maybe parents don't value kids' passions enough. Maybe they pass on the message to their kids that the only real learning is that sort of academic learning that schools do. I'm not saying my kids don't do academic learning. They do. Sophie does pursue an interest in maths, for example. But she doesn't do it in a schooly type way. Maybe parents are worried that if their children don't know what kids at school know, then they won't be able to get into college or university, that they're jeopardizing their children's futures. Maybe the knowledge that children pick up at school is most important because it will give their child a chance at a university degree or some other qualification, or maybe it will be useful for employment, and that will set their child up for life. I think there's more than one way of doing things. And a child who follows their passions is going to choose a different pathway to a school child. But this doesn't mean that an unschooler is going to be unsuccessful. Back to my interview of Sophie. These are some of the questions I, I asked her. What does self-directed learning mean to her? Is she able to research, read and learn things in a deep way? What drives her to learn? Is it a passion? Is it a need? Can she learn things that she's not interested in? How does she compare herself to kids at school? What would she do if she finds out that she doesn't know something which she needs for a particular reason? Perhaps she suddenly discovers a degree course, a dream one that she really wants to do, but she hasn't done the prerequisites. What will she do? Will she turn around to me and say, Mum, you should have made sure that I learnt this and that and the other, just in case. Unschooling, going off on my own, following my passions hasn't prepared me enough. I wish that we had done more structured learning. 
Will she ever say that to me? And we also discuss that question of the unschooling kids who want to go to school. So I'm going to put that video together. I haven't actually re-watched it since we filmed it, so I'm hoping it turned out okay. And I'll upload that to my YouTube channel, Sue Elvis, if you're interested in watching it, together with the other one, the car park one. I want to change the subject completely now. I want to talk about running. I haven't mentioned running in weeks. The girls and I got up this morning and went for our first run in a whole week. I can't remember the last time we had seven whole days off running. And this wasn't by choice. We've all been unwell. We had colds and then at the weekend a stomach bug hit us. And you just can't run when you're not well. So I knew last night when we went to bed that we'd have to make an effort and get up in the morning, get back into it. It's really hard being fit and then watching that fitness slip away day by day as we can't exercise. While well, we imagine it's slipping away day by day. Every day we don't do any. We think, oh, look, it's going to be so much harder when we get out there next time. Am I going to be able to run again? It's a bit of a worry. Someone once said to me that being fit is a bit of a burden. Because once you've got fit, you've got to maintain that fitness. It needs constant work. And there's a point to that. And when I'm tempted not to go running, I think I can't throw away all that work that I've done in the past four years to become a runner just because I don't feel like it. I've got to get out there, get back on track and do it again. So that's what we did this morning. There was another reason we were reluctant to get up this morning and go out for a run before breakfast, and that's the weather. It's getting cooler in the mornings here. Autumn is definitely here. It's getting darker too, as I mentioned when I was talking about the video shoot. It's not getting light till about 7 o'clock in the morning. As the temperature's falling, I'm thinking about the months ahead and running in the cold. Yeah, the thought of running isn't very attractive when it's cold. Once we get going, it's all right. But just making that initial decision to change our clothes, put our shoes on, get out the door, it's difficult. It requires strong willpower. This morning's effort was minimal compared to what it's going to be, but we got there. We went for a run. I decided before we got there that it didn't really matter how far I ran or how fast I went. As long as I made an effort, got back and did something, then I'd be happy. I think our dog Nora was so glad to get back to running. She hasn't had a run in a week either. So I set off down the track, aiming for a slow pace. Well, Nora had other ideas. She got on the trail of some scent. I don't know what it was. Some animal, I assume. Maybe a kangaroo. Anyway, she got her head down and a tail up, and she ran all over the place, pulling me along. So I got quite a good workout, regardless of the fact that I had decided that I was going to be easy on myself today. All I had to do was turn up. So I did 5.3k, which was far more than I expected, so I was happy with that. But as I was finishing... Imogen sprinted past me. I sort of vaguely wondered, what's she going so fast for? I stopped and I got my water bottle. And a couple of minutes later, Imogen came running up and she finished her run too. Bent over double. And I said, how is your run? And she said, yeah, it was a good run. I think she ran nearly 6K. She said, I was being chased by zombies. 
For a moment, I didn't know what she was talking about. She explained a bit more, and I remembered an app that I had seen. As you're running along, you're listening to instructions. You're on a mission. I've got a description of it here. Zombies run. Only if you have survived the zombie epidemic. You are a runner en route to one of humanity's last remaining outposts. They need your help to gather supplies, rescue survivors, and defend their home. And you have another mission, one they don't know about. The app is available from the Apple Store or the Google Play Store. I thought that you had to be connected to the internet to use it. I don't have a smartphone. I only have my iPod Touch. But Imogen tells me you can use the app regardless of whether you've got internet connection or not. You run along and you listen to the music and listen to the instructions. You're on a mission, and at various points, you have to sprint. The zombies are after you. And Imogen said that they tell you how close the zombies are. So if you're not running fast enough, the zombies are getting closer and closer. Now I think I might try this. It sounds a bit of fun, though I do wonder if I've got zombies on my tail, whether I'll start to panic as they get closer and closer. But I'm going to try that. And if you'd like to try it too, as I said, the app is in the Apple Store and the Google Play Store. It's a free version and a paid version, which has more options. I've got two ways I could go next. I want to go back and talk about the autumn weather, but I also want to talk about zombies a bit more. Perhaps I'll choose the weather first. Now, the only reason I want to talk about the weather is because as the colder weather is coming along, I'm feeling a little bit sad. This always happens, I think, with the change of seasons. We realize that time is passing. Life never stays still very long. And with the passing of time, our children are growing up. The life that we're living today won't go on forever. And because I enjoy my life at home here with especially my youngest four daughters, I don't want to let that go. I want to live here for as long as possible. But that's not going to happen. One day, they're not going to be here. One by one, they're going to move on to other things. Yes. I'm feeling a little bit sad. I'm trying not to dwell on it, though. I'm trying to just live in this moment, enjoy everything we have right now, so that I can look back with no regrets. The other thing that gives me hope for the future, that makes me willing to keep on moving forward, is that we don't know what's ahead. So many things have come along that I never expected to happen. I didn't know that I'd be home here with my daughters, enjoying making video shoots, for example. I didn't know that Imogen was going to try and become an online musician, or that Sophie was going to take up the passion of photography and videography, and that I was going to share that with her, or that I'd become a podcaster, or make videos, or even write a blog. I knew none of those things were going to happen maybe six years ago. And one by one, all these things have come into my life. So, what's ahead of us? What other wonderful experiences are going to occur? I think if we're not afraid of the future, if we embrace changes as they happen, then we'll be all right. Yes, we're going to have to let go of some things, but we can't take hold of other things until we do let go of those things. 
yes, one day I'm going to have to let go of this life that we're living at the moment. But if I keep harping back to it and I'm dissatisfied, then I'm going to miss out on all the excitement of what might be coming along. I won't be ready for the new adventures. So right today, I'm enjoying what I have right now. And when things do change, I hope I have the right attitude that I can look forward to new things with excitement. Yeah, we don't know what's coming along. Now back to those zombies. I'm sure everybody has heard about Pride and Prejudice and zombies. My girls are actually horrified by the thought of those two things being in the same sentence. How could you do that to Jane Austen? Have them invaded by zombies. So they haven't read the book. They don't really want to know. They're not interested in watching the movie. But I've been wondering, is Pride and Prejudice and Zombies really as bad as we imagine? I saw a review of the movie in my Facebook feed. And the person who wrote the review said that it wasn't that bad. It was better than that person had expected. So I don't know. Have you read the book? Have you watched the movie? I'd really love to know your thoughts on that one. Now, Pride and Prejudice and Zombies has led me on to something else. And that's William Shakespeare's Star Wars. Pride and Prejudice and Zombies might not go together for some people, but do William Shakespeare and Star Wars go together? Is that a better combination? Now, an author called Ian Dosha has written the Star Wars stories in iambic pentameter. He said that if William Shakespeare had written Star Wars, he would have written them like he did. And there's been some great reviews about these books. I think there's six books in the series. A few of my friends stopped by my Facebook timeline and said they'd actually seen the books, and yes, they love them. I found a couple of amateur productions of William Shakespeare's Star Wars on YouTube. I only watched the first five or ten minutes, but they look like good fun, and I put those in my notebook, my Evernote notebook, for my girls to have a look at if they're interested. So that's one thing that we might put on our wish list. William Shakespeare's Star Wars. I have been posting these podcasts for the last few weeks on Thursdays. I don't know the reason why I changed. Maybe one week, I, one of my podcast episodes was late. And so instead of posting it on Monday, it probably got posted on Thursday. And then it set a new trend. But I've been thinking about going back to Mondays. And the reason for this is because I can record the podcast on maybe a Friday at the end of the week when I don't have so many things to do with my girls. And then I can edit it over the weekend when I have more spare time, posted on Monday morning. So I hope this suits listeners. So I'll be posting my next episode on the first Monday of April, I think. I think there'll be a week and a half between this one and the next one. So I just mentioned that in case you think that I've disappeared again. Because I'm trying to be consistent. Now you already know that you can subscribe to this podcast through iTunes. I've mentioned that a lot. So I don't need to say anything about that. I just mentioned that you can find me on Instagram. And on my Facebook timeline. On Pinterest. 
And of course, on my blog, Stories of an Unschooling Family, where I'll put some show notes or the links to those videos if you'd like to watch them and links to those couple of resources that I mentioned. Now I'm recording this on Wednesday and tomorrow is Holy Thursday, of course, followed by Good Friday, Holy Saturday and then Easter Sunday. It's the biggest weekend of our year. My daughters and my husband are all very busy practicing their music for all the Easter services. I really love seeing them working together. It's a big part of our Easter. Imogen is the cantor for all the services over Easter, which I think is a really big privilege. I think it's really wonderful that our children have a very valuable role to play in our parish, that their talents are being used and that they belong. Yes, we get a sense of belonging when we feel needed, when our talents are used. Anyway, I would just like to wish everybody a happy Easter. I hope you all have a very joyful time with your families. I know that some of my listeners don't celebrate Easter in the same way that we're going to, but everybody will probably spend the next few days with their families doing things together that they enjoy. So I hope you make some good memories together and strengthen those family bonds. Thank you for listening to this episode. And until next time, which will be in a week and a half, trust, respect, and love unconditionally.